The pair you are about to hear are not professionals. Their opinions and beliefs are not that. They are just two idiots that are spitting nonsense. Hello, hello, hello. Hello. Hi. How you doing? How you doing, Neff? <laughs> Hi. Howdy. Howdy. Right. Yeah. But time to get serious. How is everybody doing today? You know, I'm doing pretty good. Pretty good. It's been a busy day. I slept through my first class, you know. <laughs> Uh, so there was that. I slept more than I wanted to. So. Um, I didn't sleep enough. Lately, like, I've been only getting, like, four, five hours of sleep a night. So, uh, me falling asleep, like, I pressed snooze on my alarm. I was like, yeah, yeah, I pressed snooze. I pre- I accidentally, the snooze button is literally right next to the disable button, and I pressed disable instead of snooze, and I didn't wake up. I was like, Dang. what the fuck? Because yeah, I could have just been, like, 15 minutes late, you know what I mean? Or whatever. But at least I would have shown up. Were but I didn't show up. Late last, were you up late last night? Yes, I've been up playing Disco Elysium. <laughs> uh, it's been eating up all my spare time that I have alone, which is late at night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Um, But, yeah, you have Demon Slayer tomorrow. Yes, dude. Oh. I'm going to see Demon Slayer tomorrow. I'm super excited. Like... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've been waiting since October to see this, knowing that it came out in Japan. I was like, oh, that must mean that it's going to come out in, like, you know, a month or something like that, because it doesn't take that long, especially for a movie that made that much money in Japan. You know what I mean? Like, but, uh, hey, yo, we're finally here uh, tomorrow night at 10 p.m. That'll be cool. Yeah, I'm Um, going with Savannah and Jeff. That'll be cool. Yeah. Uh, But, that's tomorrow. Yesterday was a a, a day of uh, celebration for some people, uh, which is because it was 420. Yes, um, dude. It was 420. So, it definitely was 420. But, like, um, more, like I, like I said, we are not a political podcast, but uh, something amazing happened yesterday uh, for the the world to see essentially and justice was served and uh Derek Chauvin went to jail on guilty on all three accounts so uh the guy who took out George Floyd shout uh-huh. out to his family um but uh that was something that was pretty cool that happened not to take away from Hitler's birthday you know what i mean yeah <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, yeah. Four twenty is a, a crazy day because a lot of sh- a lot of stuff happens. Well, man, good and bad. Yeah. Um, but but- uh, bad. The bad side being, uh, you know, it here in the uh, St. Louis area, we got snow, and the amount of snow oh, that we yeah. got was equivalent to like two inches of moisture. So we got like two inches worth of snow, but it none of it was like the sticking snow. All like and literally later on that day, it heated up enough to where all the snow melted. It was gone by the end of the day. It so was eighty yeah. degrees the day before, and then it was thirty-five the next day, and then the day after, and then later on that day, it was like forty-five degrees, and it was all all the Very, snow was gone. Like 
Yeah, Missouri is a state that has bipolar disorder because it cannot make its mind up on what weather it decides it wants to be. Um, we've yeah. had we've had winter, I think, all the way up till May. At one point, we had winter. It finally ended. So that yeah, was, and like, it just snapped. It. I remember that one. It just snapped all of a um, sudden, and I was like, "Oh shit!" Yeah. And then it was and like a hundred degrees. <laughs> And then with the intense rise from cold to warm weather, we get tornadoes. <laughs> uh, our favorite, um, our favorite, you know. Yeah. The Is it, it actually is tornadoing or is the sky just moving real fast? You know? <laughs> you know? Like, because that, that's the Missouri thing. You know, that tornado siren goes off, you go outside. <laughs> yep. You look at the Everybody sky. outside, decides to have a barbecue going on. Right, right. Yeah. Oh, they're like, oh, the siren went off. Let's keep, let's keep cooking dinner. You know, whatever. If we die, we die. Oh yeah. Now Midwesterners are are, are are kind of like adaptable. I know, I know to the smell natural, of rain. <laughs> natural disasters. I think I think that's our superpower. We just kind of like natural disasters don't really affect us that much, and we just kind of deal with them. Yeah, we have uh, splash damage re- resistance. that's like the best way that i could put that right you know yeah splash damage resistance but Um, uh yeah dude i got this wedding that i'm going to on saturday um i purposely not bought any clothes for it so uh you know that's exciting i get to go shopping this weekend too for a nice pair of clothes that'll work for exactly one weekend because i'm growing out of my clothes so fast i'm already Mm. one size down and everything so i went from a 4xl to a 3xl shirt and a 3xl shorts to a 2xl shorts like pretty good yeah, yeah, no, good. I'm I'm still going down, you know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. yeah, dude, I'm down, like, 70, 75 pounds now. Like, I feel good. Like, honestly, I feel so much stronger. It's weird. It's weird. It's like I feel like my life coming back to my body. But speaking of oh, life yeah. coming back to my body, you know, um, you know what's not bringing life back to my body? Planning the next semester of college. <laughs> That's, oh, yeah. yeah, I have to get on that. Yeah, no, like mine just opened up um a week ago, about a week ago, and then I I finished it on the first day. And uh after next semester, that's the last one that I have at the current college that I'm at, and mm-hmm. then I get to move colleges to the other side of the county. That'll be fun. Yeah. That'll be interesting. You'll be at a university. You'll I know, have right? more uh uni freedom. baby. Uni baby. <laughs> you had to go to those car- parties and get drunk. Try- no, the- no. You're kind of I'm way past that. that. I'm way past that. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, I did all my partying in high school, you know. Yep. But, um, yeah, uh, like, uh, what? how about you? How have you been doing? What you? What are you up to? I feel yeah, like it's all been about me. I have to catch up on schoolwork. I have to get my class together. And then, yeah, dude, I'm what do we have? To- three weeks left? Yeah, and then I'm moving uh, from this apartment into an apartment with Katie next semester, which should be fun. Turn up. Congrats on that. Like I said, that's where the relationship begins, bro. Uh, I will have more. uh, I should at least have better Wi-Fi than I do here because there'll be less bandwidth and use. Because four dudes in one apartment really uses up a lot of internet. Right. So, yeah, everybody's playing video games all at once, so. 
I get it, bro. Like I need to get to I need to get to a better Wi-Fi adapter for my uh PC because like this one sucks. It just sucks. Like I know that I have the bandwidth here because we upgraded our plan and got like a new, you know, router, but whatever. Whatever, man. Yeah. Charter, what can I say, right? Yeah. But other than that, I did have a daily thought. Because I always have one. Just like Jonah Hill last week, I came. I had another thing. Um, oh, yeah, Josh fight. I want to talk about Josh fight. So, if no one knows about Josh fight, Josh fight is a thing that happened, I think, like a year or so ago. Someone posted a thing on Facebook um, to, like, 10 or 20 different Joshes, but all of them have the same first and last name. Right. They're supposed to meet at a certain location on April 24th, uh, 2021. So this Saturday, uh, this fight's going to go down. Uh, and the victor will be the true Josh. Uh, the, the true Josh. The true Josh. So, um, yeah. That's fucked. Uh, I, wonder how that, I wonder how that's going to go. The coordinates are there, so... Uh, if anybody really wants to or had or really wants to see this, if it's ever, if it's even gonna happen, um, then yeah, watch it, watch it go, and it's just two people just duking it out in the desert. <laughs> fuck yeah, that'd be funny as fuck. As long as somebody video recorded it and yelled "World Star" on yes. the back. Yes, we need we need video evidence of the Josh fight. Yeah, but yeah, that's this Saturday. Pixar, it didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, that's pretty much it uh, for this this com this coming week. Since, but we do have some good news in, in a bunch of uh, different areas because a lot of stuff happened during over the week. Yeah, um, yeah, we hit a, we hit like every subject this week. Uh, yeah. But uh, we're gonna start it off with how um, tomorrow night I'm going to see Demon Slayer. Uh, so Demon Slayer actually released three Demon Slayer TV specials uh, on Funimation ahead of the movie release. So I thought they were gonna be shorter, like recap episodes, and I went to go watch them, and they're an hour and forty five minutes long apiece. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't even have the time today. I'll have to watch them literally uh, tomorrow after work. Between uh, and my mom wants me to show her where the DMV is. I ain't going in there. Wow. Fuck that. But uh, uh, the DMV. Yeah, d literally. Like I was like, you want me to show you where it is? She's just like, yeah, yeah. You know your way around the area. I'm like, so does Google Maps. <laughs> what the fuck? But okay. Anyway, um, they released those three episodes on the 15th, and that was pretty cool. It recaps the events, and they added a couple extra scenes to it as well. But the, the base of the story stays the same, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah they just really uh, pushed it all together. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. Uh, it's, Jesus. Yeah, it's edited from the 26 episodes of the show's first season. Okay. So, uh, yeah. Still, that's a long amount for each each uh, ep. And hour over an hour for both. So you're sitting at three hours, roughly over three hours. There's three episodes, and they're each an hour and forty five minutes long. So like, oh okay. So I heard I, I thought it was an hour and fifteen minutes. No, an hour so and forty five minutes. That puts it up like five hours. Yeah, I know that's what month. I'm saying. Like it's fucking nuts. Like five. Six hours, oh, yeah, yeah. 
five fifteen. Yeah, but that's crazy. Like that. So, but, uh, yeah, it comes out tomorrow. Uh, Mugen Train comes out tomorrow, which is gonna be crazy. It says uh, it drops on the twenty third, you know, mm-hmm. but uh, it's uh, a Thursday tomorrow night. Yeah, yeah, it's like a Thursday release thing. Yeah, I, tomorrow I'm, night into a ten p.m. release into the morning. But speaking of drops, Marvel just dropped a fucking trailer bomb. Yes, dude, uh, the fucking trailer Pink. bomb. Like I went on a tangent a few months ago. If you guys are steady listeners, you know what I mean. And it was about Shang Chi. And the Ten Rings. All right. Yes. Marvel just dropped the first teaser for Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Looks awesome. So it's fucking awesome. Uh, I did a good job with this one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, me and Zach actually, uh, uh, you know, ended up watching a video that we're gonna talk about with the Easter eggs after I read this to you guys. But uh, yeah. it's like a general overview. If you guys aren't familiar with Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, I'm gonna give you a little bit of background. All right. Uh, so, a young man who once trained as an assassin for a Chinese criminal organization discovers how hard it can be to escape one's past in the first teaser for Marvel Studios' upcoming film, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, <laughs> part of the MCU's Phase 4. Directed by Destin Dan- Daniel Cretton, uh, it is the first Marvel film to feature an Asian lead, Simu Liu. And I and I could be butchering that, but it, it looks pretty straightforward, you know, but Simu yeah. Liu. Uh, best known for his role as Jung Kim on the sitcom Kim's Convenience, as well as a predominantly Asian, uh, Asian diaspora uh, cast and crew. So a lot of Asian people. Um, uh, the title character first appeared in a Marvel comic in 1973 after the company had tried and failed to acquire the comic book rights for the popular 1970s TV show Kung Fu, starring David Carradine. Modeled in part on Bruce Lee, Shang-Chi was originally the son of Chinese criminal mastermind Dr. Fu Manchu, trained in martial arts since childhood to become an assassin. After Marvel lost the rights to the Fu Manchu character, Shang-Chi's paternity became murkier, but the international crime lord theme was common. Although his father was revealed to be an ancient immortal sorcerer in the Secret Avengers storyline. Uh, Shang-Chi has not traditionally had special superpowers, but his training in multiple styles of martial arts and assorted weaponry make him a formidable opponent and a useful ally in the same way that Hawkeye is, you know? But, uh, plus he is a master of chi, making him even stronger and faster, fast enough to dodge bullets. When he even joins forces with the Avengers in the comics, Tony Stark gives him a pair of bracelets to further focus his chi, as well as some snazzy high-tech nunchaku. Uh, back in the 1980s, Stanley had preliminary discussions with the late actor Brennan Lee about portraying Shang-Chi in a film adaptation, but no concrete project ever transpired. The Ten Rings organization was briefly name-checked in 2008's Iron Man, uh, and the infamous Marvel supervillain, the Mandarin, made an appearance in Iron Man 3, but forget about that. Like, that, they just erased they, it. They, they, they retconned it. They did a, they did a boo-boo. <laughs> they, they did a mulligan, if you would. But, uh, or rather, Ben Kingsley played Trevor Slattery, an imposter posing as the Mandarin. For Shang-Chi yeah. and the Legend of the Ten Rings, Marvel created an entirely new character, Wen Wu, who has gone by many names over the years, including the Mandarin. In addition to Liu, the film stars Aquafina uh, from Crazy Rich Asians as uh, Shang-Chi's best friend, uh, Katie, and none other than Hong Kong superstar Tony Lung. 
from Hard Boiled, Chungking Express, uh, Hero, and so on. As his father, Wenwu, aka the Mandarin, uh, Menger Zhang, uh, plays Shei Ling, Shang Chi's estranged sister. Um, Florian Monteau from Creed and Borderlands. Uh, plays Razor Fist, Ronnie Chang from Crazy Rich Asians, and Bliss plays another pal, John John, and Fala Chen the, from The Undoing plays Xiang Li. Uh, Michelle Yeoh from Star Trek Discovery plays a character named Xiang Nan, having previously played a different MCU role, uh, Aleta Orgood, oh, Ogord, excuse me, in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Uh, there, there's also a masked character dubbed Death Dealer. Marvel has not yet revealed who plays him. Yes. Um, based on this teaser, what little is known so far, the film appears to borrow a few elements from the ultimate Marvel universe, among other storylines and possibly the Wuxia, 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 inspired, uh, Secret Wars. As well, we hear uh, Long's voice as the Mandarin in a voiceover admonishing his son for wasting the last 10 years. Shang-Chi works as a parking valet for a posh hotel when he isn't hanging out with Katie singing karaoke tunes. That carefree existence is about to end. He said, I trained you uh, so the most dangerous people in the world couldn't kill you, we hear the Mandarin say. Uh, But it's time for you to take your place by my side. Shang-Chi stubbornly refuses the offer, or is it a command? Uh, And he just might learn, as his father says, you can't outrun who you really are. Uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of Ten Rings is currently slated for release on September 3rd, 2021. As of this writing, it will be solely a theatrical release. Yeah. So, I found this thing that that was a video about, like, Easter eggs. It's not really a lot of Easter eggs. Like, some of them are, like, mentions or secret, like things that like hint off other things but there's a few things that actually talked about so one of the things was death dealer that was another thing about it that's like an entirely new character they have then there's razor fist who is one Mm -hmm. of the bad guys he's a a dude with uh a giant uh, laser sword yeah or an arm yeah so he's in that um shang chi was basically sent out of his uh, home for 10 years to learn just to be human instead of just a living weapon. And this is basically where he's being basically taken back uh, by his father back to their home uh, so he can live out being a weapon for his father, uh, essentially. Right. Um, now that he's kind of grown up and learned how human, how to be human and essentially have emotions and stuff like this, but now that he's had that freedom, he doesn't, he doesn't need it anymore. Right, um, he's like, I don't then, want my father's approval. Like he's become uh-huh. a, he's become a man in the amount of time that he's been gone. So I like that they they made the Mandarin and the most the cast is definitely like uh, of Asian descent and all that stuff. It really is uh, very. Um, I like it. It's not whitewashed or anything like that. Right, and the same uh, thing what they did with like, like Mulan. You know, shows what I mean? and movies uh, go less from that route. Right, like I was saying, like in the same way that they did. Yeah, Disney definitely. did uh, Mulan. Uh, so this was another thing. So th- yeah. What? No, go ahead. Yeah, Mulan. So another thing I, that was mentioned was the Ten Rings. The Ten Rings aren't really ten, huh? But uh, you still there? Yeah. 
Okay, sorry. Um, but uh, the ten rings were basically ten uh, or ten bracelets instead of like rings for fingers. They're on the arms. Um, and each one's gonna have like a significant power to it, uh, like the Infinity Stones. Um, and pretty much, it's probably gonna be immortality, super strength. Water control, fire control. Yeah, immortality uh, was never original. One of the uh, ten rings, but they've kind of like modified them a little bit uh, yeah. for the MCU. That, as far as I could, had seen, um, you know, like they they had him like uh, bending water essentially, like in the trailer. That was that was like one of the uh, features of one of the rings that he has there. Yeah. So I thought that was a cool little uh, you know glimpse into Shang Chi. Like they had this big fight, which was like, I think in like ancient times or something like that. Yeah. Which is really cool. Where the, yeah, where um, the, where the Mandarin was there and then the Mandarin was mm -hmm. back and I was like, wow, how old is he? You know what I mean? If he's yeah. fighting from here so, to here. One thing that, that was talked about, which I really would like to see is Fing Fang Foom, which is just a yeah, giant, the giant dragon. dragon yeah. Like, and, and it's not even that, that it gets weirder. He's an alien from outer space who crash land on earth and the 10 rings came from his ship. Mm -hmm. So those rings are made of, are from alien descent. Yeah. They're, they're um, alien space rings that have a giant dragon that, uh, follows them around pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Which is crazy. Um, and then there, it's also hinted that this could be taking place during the blip. Because this is all set in San Francisco where Ant-Man and the Wasp is set. But they aren't really seen anywhere in the trailer. And um, so, yeah. I, I yeah, mean, yeah, I don't that, know. Uh, that's a hint towards the timing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it would, make, it would be cool to see that. And then one of the final things was... Uh, they talked about how this idea of an Asian immigrant who has left the his own country where he was rich and wealthy to try to start a new life and where uh, like the U.S. where he has more freedom, but essentially he's working a second class a, a, a second class job, um, right, right, and still and being treated less than a person. Yeah. So I mean, like, it, 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 I like the idea. I like the story. I, I think it's gonna work out really well, uh, just as long as they don't um, subverse it with like plot holes or stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I I have faith in it. Me too. Um, yeah, but since we're still on Marvel topics, we have another one that has wrapped production, and that is uh, the Hawkeye uh, TV show. Um, for Disney Plus, so there isn't really any concrete story details for the series, right? Uh, but it will reportedly draw from Matt Fraction and David Aja's acclaimed Hawkeye comic run. So this is on based on the Hawkeye comic itself. The series was developed by head writer Jonathan Igla and will center on Renner's Hawkeye and his badass protege Kate Bishop. Uh, the series stars Haley Steinfeld as Kate Bishop, Florence Pugh reprising her role as Yelena Belova. Uh, which she's also going to be in Black Widow when that comes out. Right. Um, Vera Farminga as Kate's mother, Eleanor. Fra Free as Kazee, which is short for... Kazimira's... Oh my god, that is so long uh, Kaz Kazimira's Kazimir Kazimir Zak. Yeah. yeah, yeah or Yeah. Uh, Tony Dalton as du Duquesnes. Duques uh, Duquesne? Yeah. Du I think, a.k.a. Swordsman, Alakos is Echo, and Zon McLaren is 
playing Kate's father, William Lopez. Uh, so directors Bert and Bertie, a.k.a. Amber Finn Lazen and Kate Ella Wood. And Saturday Night Live, oh my god, there's, and director Rise Thomas has been hired to helm some episodes for the upcoming Disney Plus Hawkeye series. I don't know when this is coming out. I'm pretty sure it's going to come out after Loki. It's a Hawkeye series. Yes. Okay. I'm so excited yeah. for Loki. I don't know if I've mentioned that this episode, but yeah, I'm going to mention we, we it again. We talked about it, I think, <laughs> last week or a week ago. Two yeah. weeks ago. But yeah, we went full into Loki, and it looks fucking crazy, and it's going to have multiple seasons. It's going to be great. Um... Multiple Lokis. Let's yeah. Yes. Multiple Lokis. Multiple Loki. Doofus Loki. But since we're still on Marvel and Disney and stuff like that, Disney and Sony have decided to make a huge licensing deal, and this is bringing Spider-Man and Marvel films to Disney Plus, uh, which is, yay! Right. Uh, this deal promises to bring Spider-Man and other Marvel properties to Disney Plus, starting with Sony's 2022 release slate. The deal has said to cover theatrical releases from 2022 to 2026. Didn't Spider-Man just get sold to Netflix? Like, I I have no idea. These this is all like I I don't know. Netflix is going through like all these companies are starting to buy up stuff, and Marvel's a big market now, so they're gonna buy up a bunch of properties for Marvel if they can. But Disney has the slate for it, so I don't know exactly what they're gonna be doing for this. Right, it's not um, like they they can't you know premiere on more than one thing. I'm just saying, like yeah. either either way, the money's gonna end back up in uh you know Disney's pocket. So yeah, so <laughs> or Sony, the deal promises to bring Spider Man and other Marvel properties to Disney Plus, starting with some, I already talked about this. According to the press release, the partnership also grants rights to a significant number of SPCs. Iconic library titles ranging from Jumanji and Hotel Transylvania franchises and explaining that it gives Disney enormous programming potential across this platform make them basically Disney's just getting all the good stuff. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. But oh, oh, here it is. It says this new deal comes shortly after the announcement of Sony's deal with Netflix. Uh, it says Variety explains that the Disney deal covers subsequent TV windows, which means that the titles will be landing on Netflix first about nine months after the start of a film's theatrical run. Disney is scooping up for multiple platforms, the windows previously reserved for ad-supported cable and broadcast airings of movies. Uh, the Netflix and Disney deals also run for the same license term. It's also said that the complex agreement is likely to be worth hundreds of millions of dollars to Sony over the term of the deal. That's what I was saying. Yeah. I was like, Sony is ending up on top with this, really. Uh, oh, yeah. Either way, you know, everybody's very much after the Spider-Man series, you know what I mean? So, uh, very much so. Sony's expected to rake in about $3 billion in movie licensing over the life of the deals. Yeah, so very much so. Sony, Netflix, Disney. That's what I'm saying. We on. we just covered that like a week ago, like uh, like literally last week. That yep. uh, Disney or not Disney, excuse me, Sony and Netflix. Sony. Yeah, did a a thing, and I was like, okay, good to have Netflix. Good thing I'm paying all that extra money. It is. I have those. I have both of them. So you know what? I think I'm good in that department. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you know well, what department I didn't know I was good in until I saw it. What? Michael Keaton returning as Batman in The Flash. Oh, wow. Yeah, wow. dude. Wow. Old man Bat. I know, old, old man Batman. Bat, dude. Uh, I, I, after hinting that he is hesitant to join The Flash due to concerns about COVID-19, Michael Keaton has been confirmed to reprise his role as Batman. Uh, 
you know, and Ezra Miller's Barry Allen, which is so far my favorite uh, Barry Allen. You know? This is going to be a flashpoint. Yeah, Absolutely. no, this is going to be, well, yeah, it's going to be Flashpoint. You can't just change Batmans all of a sudden, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Michael Keaton's talency agency, uh, ICM Partners, confirmed, to the new, confirmed the news to the rap. Uh, the long-delayed solo movie began production today with director and Andy Muschietti an- announcing the kickoff on Instagram. Keaton voiced some ease at the prospect of joining the Flash solo film in March, expressing concern over scheduling COVID-19 transmission in the UK. He said, I keep more my eye more on COVID situation in the UK than anything, Keaton said. That will determine everything. That's my first thing about all projects. I look at it and go, is this thing going to kill me literally? And you know, if it doesn't, then we talk. <laughs> Keaton's involvement in The Flash brings the movie's tally of Batman to two, with Ben Affleck also set to reprise his role as Bruce Wayne in the movie. So there's two right there, you know. Yes. Uh, the film is expected to confront DC's multiverse and the story planned as a new take on the Flashpoint storyline. Woot woot. Uh, alongside Keaton and Affleck, the castle also includes Sasha Cali as uh, Supergirl, uh, Kiersey Clemens as Iris West, and Maribel Verdu as Nora Allen, Barry's mother. Although Billy Crudup played Barry's father in Justice League, uh, Ron Livingston will be taking over the role of Henry Allen for The Flash's solo film. All right. Yeah, it's going to be fun and exciting, and there's a lot of DC characters in it, said producer Barbara Muschietti. Uh, Flash is a superhero of this film because he is the bridge between all these characters and timelines, and in a way, it restarts everything and doesn't forget anything, which is awesome to hear. Uh, Keaton played the Cape Crusader in 1989's Batman and 1992's Batman Returns, both directed by Tim Burton. Uh, the two were expected to return for a third movie, but dropped out, and Keaton was replaced by Kilmer for 1995's Batman Forever. <laughs> also, <laughs> uh, Keaton has expressed interest in returning to the role. Uh, the Flash is set to hit theaters on November 4th. 2022 and i'm pretty close and you know what that's gonna be awesome i want them to add more batmans and (laughs) add more batman add more spider-mans to the spider-man multiverse add more batmans to the batman multiverse a lot of people would really like because what they did with batman v superman is they had uh jeffrey dean morgan play uh batman uh uh bruce wayne's father in like the new rebooted batman right uh, stuff and they would like to see him because in Flashpoint, if you don't know, Barry Allen goes back to save his mom from dying. Well, yeah. And because of this, this sends a shockwave through the entire multiverse and creating a parallel dimension to what he had, where everybody is the opposite, essentially, of who they are. Um, like, and so basically, Batman, uh, Bruce Wayne dies in this in this instead of his parents. And his father becomes Batman, and his mother becomes Joker. Um, I so, really wish that they would do a fucking Justice League Dark. Do you know how cool that would be? Like a live action Justice League Dark as one of the if, one of the branches. If they ever get to it, I will. I I hope it gets good praise and good good feedback, and it actually. I gets want a Zack lot Snyder to do it. <laughs> yeah Zack snyder just to come in for a random flash like you know because like that at the at, by the end of that everything goes back and he redoes flashpoint you know what i mean yeah. which means that he just goes back to that point in time like before he did the fuck up. oh yeah totally and that, that that'd be awesome but um 
I hope the Flash movie does good and stuff because it oh, seems I'm, like oh I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go see it. That's like a definite right there, yeah. especially with Ezra Miller one being the actor and two it's the Flash. You know what I mean? Like oh, yeah, totally. it's gonna be a good comedy. So since we were talking about uh, earlier about Netflix and Sony and stuff, net I I don't know why this wasn't up higher, but I guess I I messed up on where I placed it's it. It's all Netflix right, dude. Like, we're still in the area. No worries. Yes, Netflix has decided to spend $17 billion on content in 2021. Uh, yeah. A hefty sum on content. So Netflix is, is going for original streaming where it's giant. It's going to be uh, decided to put uh, – they're going to spend $17 billion in cash on content this year and will continue to deliver an amazing range of titles for our members with more originals this year than last. So we're getting more originals. Wow. Yeah. It's going to be crazy. Um, but yeah, it says uh, that it estimates it could spend up to $26 billion by 2026. Wow. I know Netflix is blowing up, dude. If they keep raising these prices, they're going to make even more money. I know. Don't give them ideas though. Speaking of blowing up, a new trailer blew up again and that is love, death and and robots. robots. Love, Death, and Robots is going to return for a season two, guys. The trailer was just released, and it's already been renewed for a third season. Isn't that fucking awesome? Like, yeah, Love, Death, and Robots is a is a collection, an anthology series of different animated uh, shorts, and all of them are animated in their own way by different people. Different different people, yeah, like completely different people. It's just an anthology series, and they're all connected together, like, because they have themes such as love, death, and robots, you know what I mean? And that's that's literally the the connection between all these episodes. And uh, I wonder if, whenever they do season two, if they're going to continue stories that people really liked from season one, or if they're just going to completely do, like, another series of anthologies. I would like to see them do more, like, a continuation of a few. Not, 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 like, entirely. I'm not saying all of them, you know what I mean? But season two is only eight episodes long. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Season three is also eight episodes long. Whereas, like, the first season of Re- Love, Death, and Robots was, like, what? Fif- 15 to 20 shorts? Yeah. You know what I mean? The, but these it, might be longer. These might be longer, more intricate, and, and more hefty with the amount of money that was pushed into them. And I'm really liking that they're they're experimenting with animation and stuff because that's the field I'm going into. And it just it goes to show that lots of play people are look are seeing that animation is a big industry that is going to be very successful in the future and so on because it's just growing and it's becoming a better medium for people to use. Right, right. Um, like uh, there, there's all kinds of stuff going on. Uh, but I'm m- mostly curious on if these are going to be like episodes. If one, like how long are the episodes, and do they include multiple uh, shorts inside of an episode? You understand what I'm saying? Like, yeah. uh, so like the eight may seem like less now, but they're actually 30 minute long, eight episodes like that have a, bu- a series inside of them. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Like that would be, that would be really cool. But, uh, you know, animation, especially adult animation is experiencing like a bit of a renaissance, like between adult swim, YouTube, Netflix series, mm-hmm. like love, death and robots. It's an exciting time for sci-fi fans who want a little more adult narrative, a show like love, death and robots would have faced a harder time getting greenlit if it came up like 10 or 15 years ago. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, which is totally true. Uh, Adult Swim was one of the few networks trying to give the adult animation a chance, uh, but even it was restric- restricted by FCC rules. Yeah, you remember old uh, <laughs> freaking Adult old. Swim? It's tame compared to it like what it is. Tame. Yeah, it I was mean, way got, tame. They got things there occasionally, but if you base that, so here's a good here's a good example. So take. Um, uh, Family Guy, which was on Adult Swim originally, mm-hmm. and then take that with Rick and Morty, and the right. two are like vastly you, different. Vastly different. The humor is completely different. It's way darker and it's way more adult, and it takes yeah. like big brain powers for you to fucking like you know keep up with the conversation on, on Rick and Morty. I mean, like, oh but, yeah, yeah, uh, but. Uh, the first season of Love, Death, and Robots was really groundbreaking for a lot of people, uh, and people saw that and thought, this is possible. That level of beauty and quality and just sub- subversive stories was possible, and as a fan, uh, that's something that they've always wanted to do. Um, yes. Like, uh, so when Miller and David Fincher pitched Netflix on the first anthology set years ago, it was a bit of a risk. Netflix didn't have any data to prove whether something like this could even work. Uh, for a streaming service built on uh, using data to place its bets, it was l- like going in completely blind. Miller had heard similar responses before from networks. Executives didn't know if the idea could work, you know, and the uncertainty is partially what led to uh, heavy metal being in limbo for more than a decade. Uh, he was concerned that Netflix wouldn't move forward with it, but was pleasantly surprised. They came back and said, we don't have any data. We don't know if it's going to tank or explode, uh, but we think it's cool and we're willing to take that risk. Now with the series second volume around the corner, Miller and his team have proven there's an audience for this type of adult animation. And I totally watched the shit out. I've watched that series like three times over, dude. I've watched that. I literally watched Love, Death, and Robots like three times over. I will give you a list of adult animations that everybody could go watch right now on all the different streaming services. So you have Close Enough, which is on HBO Max. It's made by the person that made Regular Show. And it is a look into middle-aged life. uh, uh, Not middle-aged life. Early 20s life. But yeah, uh, with a crazy, trippy, psychedelic twist on it. And madness and crazy. But yeah, that's a good one. Midnight Gospel is another great one. Love, Death, and Robots, like we're talking about now. Rick and Morty is, of course, like the big one that everybody knows. Um, oh, shit. There's a, there's, there's a lot that are popping off. Yeah, if I went through my Netflix, I'd be able to just like rattle them off to you. Or if I went through my streaming services, but that would take like oh, a really long time. Bojack Horseman. F is for family. I, I just, I'm going off like what I have in my head. Oh, on, on Netflix. Yeah, if you just think about Netflix individually, adult animation, it, like even Futurama, you know what I mean? Like, Futurama's a big one. That yeah, was a good one. That, one. that one was good too. And... Yeah. It's Very just come a, it's come a long way, you know. Even yeah. even weirder mediums like Robot Chicken, you know, off of uh, Adult Swim, which it's I don't not, know, I don't know if that's still running. Is Robot Chicken it's still, still running? running? I'm pretty sure that's all stop motion animation too. <laughs> I know that's what I'm saying. Like it's stop motion animation. It's something that's like. Uh, didn't, didn't I just have an article about stop motion animation? Oh, it was a game. Yeah, it was the stop. It was the stop motion game. That's what yeah. it was. But like, that's truly an art form that takes an enormous amount of time and dedication. Yeah, animation's no joke, especially when you get into like the three D aspect. There's so much detail you can do with it and whatnot. And I love that that Netflix and other streaming services are starting to see that there's a big medium for this. 
because it's what I'm going to go into and what I want to focus on for my career. Um, and I have ideas that I really would like to push out at some point. Um, all of them are adult theme oriented, so. Well, yeah, most all of mine are too, so. Yeah. But Don't yeah, worry, one, cool. one day we'll collab on something really cool. Oh, very sure, very sure. But uh, since I, I don't know if this this is a good way, I mean, we can go different Millers. Uh, since uh, what what's the name of this guy? Tim Miller. Then we got Frank Miller. Oh no, George Miller. <laughs> there we go. George Miller. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I'm I'm just really excited that and this is a real push forward, especially for adult animation. So. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but uh, something new that's also coming out, like I talked about it a while ago, but Mad Max uh, Fury Road has a spinoff called Furiosa that's going to take place over many years. So yes. if you guys remember Mad Max, it won a bunch of awards from like 2015, 2016, somewhere around there. And Fury yeah, yeah, Fury Road and Charlize Theron played uh, uh, Furiosa pretty much. And in this one, uh, this one's getting played by the Queen's Gambit star or, uh, the new mutant star, <laughs> Anya Taylor joy, uh, who plays the younger version of the character that was played by Charlie Theron in the 2015 film. Uh, Thor, um, Thor actor, Chris Hemsworth was hand was on hand for the announcement event. As you can see, uh, in the video that's attached to the article, uh, Aquaman's uh, Yaha Abdul Mateen II will also star. So that's really exciting. Uh, filming's going to begin in 2022 after Miller finishes post production on his latest film, which is called 3000 Years of Longing, which stars Idris Elba and Tilda Swinton. Tilda Swinton is one of those actors that I'm not sure if I like or if I like really dislike. You know what I mean? She is. She has that she face. It's the face. Yeah. She has an acting style that's unique, and it, it works or not depending on the film. I know. Like, have you ever like seen? Ha, have you ever seen? We need to talk about Kevin. Yes, I have. Dude, I have. What the Such hell? Such a weird. <laughs> 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 I'm happy somebody else has seen that, like, and not somebody that I forced. Because I think maybe I made Brian watch that movie, like where the like it. You you find out that the kid is a really bad kid, essentially. The kid's, a, the kid's an evil kid. He's played by Ezra Miller. He's yeah, he's played by Ezra terrible. Miller, and he was fucking a psycho. Like he was just crazy. Like it was bad. It was really bad film. But like not not in a bad way. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like like oh my god! Like that was just shocking in the build up. But yeah, the build up like the mom's own mental illness dealing with like you know the the son's own mental illness. The, yeah, but, the uh, sociopathic uh, behavior. That, that's one role of Tindall, Tilda Swinton that that doesn't really. Yeah, work wasn't wasn't she wasn't she uh uh in. She didn't play the White Witch, did she? From mm, from the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Had, no, 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 she did not. Okay. Um, that was a different person. But I was going to she play a witch in another movie? The Ancient One and Doctor Strange. Oh, that too. Yeah, like yeah, that, that was a good role. See, that was a good role. See, now you're going to have me looking up fucking Tilda Swinton movies for the rest of the night. Suspiria. <laughs> well, while you're, she was in well, Snow while you're talking about that. No, she, she was in the Chronicles of Narnia. I knew it. I don't think she was the White Witch. Well, I don't know if she was the White Witch, but she I don't think she was. Bitch. <laughs> she was a White Witch, but she is a white bitch. Hiya. What did she play in that fucking movie? Yeah, no, Jada's the White Witch. Really? Yeah, she Dang. played the White Witch. 
That's what I'm I saying. Did, I don't remember her face being that, but I, I, do. I guess I, I haven't seen it in forever. Yeah, but, but anyway, we off of the off of the subject. We weren't talking about Tilda Swinton. We were talking about motherfucking Furiosa. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. According to the report, Miller wanted to film a key sequence for Furiosa before June 30th, but this will no longer happen. We had vehicles built, stunts prepared, and we were well into that process. Uh, the director also addressed the new era of streaming. He said Furiosa's story is being designed for the big screen. So they're everybody pretty much now has to announce that they're saying fuck you to the streaming industry, even though it's going to take all their jobs eventually. It will. Besides the point. Uh, but Warner Brothers, obviously, we know HBO Max, simultaneous, blah, 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 blah. Fury Road made more than $376 million at the global box office. It was the first new entry in the series at the time since 1985's Mad Max Beyond the Thunderdome. Yes. So uh, that movie did incredibly well. All the, the pretty much the entire series has done really well. Yeah. Did really good. Uh, did, did, but I can't remember his name. Uh, something Hardy. Um, Ed Hardy is that his name? Like the the artist, the actor who played Mad Max and Fury Road. Uh, I think it's Ed Hardy. <laughs> I, it's not Ed Hardy. It's not. No, no, it's Tom Hardy. It's Tom Hardy, so I had the last name right. Who's yeah. Ed Hardy? Ed, he's an artist. You don't know who Ed Hardy is? Hold on. Hold on. He's like a clothes Don, designer. Like Don he does... Ed Hardy. Hardy. All right, but anyways, um, yeah, yeah. So we'll have we'll we'll get to see that eventually. I don't know when, but eventually. Um, but that's gonna be the fifth installment, kind of the fifth installment slash uh, spinoff for Mad Max. Well, this. Well, I'm excited because he... Anya Taylor Joy. I love her acting. Like yeah, her acting good. style, I really genuinely like her acting. Have like, you seen her in The Witch? The Witch. Have you seen The Witch? The Witch. Oh, The Witch. No, I haven't seen The Witch. <laughs> I think you told me to watch The Witch, but like. <laughs> it's such a unique. It's, she also does at that like the main acting, which is really good. Uh, that's a very surreal horror film. If you and touches on Satanism, not Satanism, but yeah, satanic rituals and paganism and stuff like that. Crazy film. Yeah. Um, but since we're talking about the fifth film of the yeah, Mad the Max fifth series, film, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna move on over to fucking Indiana Jones Five, boys. Uh, Mads yeah. Mikkelsen uh, joins Harrison Ford in Indiana Jones Five. Harrison last Ford in week, his fucking wheelchair, you know. Yeah, last week we talked about how Phoebe Waller-Bridge is going to be joining. But this time we have Mad Mickelson who's going to be joining. Yeah. Um, uh, if you don't know who Mads Mickelson is, just type in his name. His face is very recognizable. Yeah, he played in Hannibal. Like, Hannibal. Hannibal is probably one of his most recognizable roles. Yeah. He plays an excellent Hannibal. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, but... There is no details on the plot of story for the new actors, um, but they did. Mandel, they did hint a little bit about the set. Uh, the the yes. he's developing a film set for a 1960s New York City, and there's been speculation that this next Indiana Jones movie is that project. Uh, right. So uh, all we know for sure is that Ford will be back as Indiana Jones, and it will be the final time he plays the character. Uh, and then we'll see how much they pay him next time that he says it's the final time. But okay, until he breaks something, right? Like, until really he serious. like seriously like breaks his hip, like. Like, like they're they're gonna be like, all right, run away from the rolling ball, and he's like, oh, like what age is he pushing now? I'm pretty sure he's almost like 70, 80, something like that. How old is Harrison? Seventy eight. Yeah, yeah. That was a guess, by the way. I didn't even Google that. I know. 
I know. But, uh, yeah, the fifth installment of the franchise will start production this summer and will be released on July 29th, 2022. Yes. Um, so, yeah. Gonna be wild seeing, but basically the director was talking about how he wants to incorporate kind of how the Logan story went, uh, for uh, 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 X Men's Logan uh, with uh, Hugh Jackman, Charles Xavier, how it like followed that story with like the final run of this character, right? Um, and pushing him to like uh the his limits and stuff like Push that. Push to and, the limit. Yeah, so I, I mean that's cool. I would like to see it, but I don't want it. I don't think it should be as dark and gritty as Logan was. Yeah. Unless you, we get a, a hard R uh, Indiana Jones film. Hard R Indiana Jones film where all he does is just like get attacked by snakes the entire time and he cuts <laughs> them in half with a shovel. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> um, but that'd be crazy. But since we're still on the rule of fives, we have a five movie contract that's been, go that's going on right now with the, the, the star who is playing sub zero in the new mortal Kombat film. Um, if you don't know mortal, the new mortal Kombat film comes out this Friday on HBO max and in theaters. I'm so excited um, to see it on Friday. We plan on doing a spinning spoilers on it, especially for Sunday. It's going to be a special Sunday. Yeah, we're going to have a special Sunday episode, guys, so expect something yeah. for our Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, but week. the Sub-Zero actor Joe Tal uh, Talslam signed a five-movie contract to appear in the hopeful video game franchise. Warner Bros. is bringing the iconic fighting video game back to the big screen shortly. The 2021 Mortal Kombat reboot comes two decades after the last attempt at a movie, and there's optimism that it will far surpass its last iterations, which, yes, I agree. It I, it's already, in my eyes, this new Mortal Kombat movie has already surpassed any other Mortal Kombat movie that has ever existed. I I think the, the reason why the Mortal Kombat films early on didn't work is because they, during the time, films really had that cheesy budget. feel to them. The practical and the budget was not there. This time we have the, the CGI, the practical effects. You have the practical effects. You have the big company behind it that's like shoving it forward. You know what I mean? Front, uh -huh. of, front of the line type shit. Like everybody knows what Mortal Kombat is. You know what I mean? That's a household name. Like, yeah. so I think this movie's about to do extremely well, uh, King Kong Godzilla style, like breaking Did the movie, really well. breaking the theaters back open. You know what I mean? Yeah, Type bringing shit. theaters back open, definitely going to do really well. This, I already looked kind of at the reviews. It seems like critics actually kind of like enjoy this film. So yeah. I'm looking forward to see what this is. But uh, Talslam revealed how many Mortal Kombat films he's a contract to appear in. Talslam says the villain Sub-Zero is in the first movie, but he's already looked into, locked into multiple appearances after. He told the outlet that his contract with the studio includes four sequels, which makes his initial Mortal Kombat contract five movies long. WME hasn't announced plans to do more yet, but Talslam says if this one's successful, maybe we'll do more. So basically, they're basically banking on if this one does successful, they're going to make more iterations of it. Which well, is yeah, cool. yeah. Like, obviously, they're going to do more iterations because, like, how many death scenes? You know what I mean? Like, what the oh, shit? Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like for each character, each character has their own death scene. You know what I mean? Like, from a different character. And each oh, character's yeah. death scene is different. You know what I mean? So, like, you'd be multiplying the amount of characters by the amount of characters. Yeah. You have so many different characters you can use. Plus, we would use the stones to destroy the stones. <laughs> <laughs> the, 
they could have a character crossover kind of like they do in the in the video games. That would be cool to see character crossovers from different franchises. Oh hell yeah. Um but Scooby Doo in the Philip Star <laughs> of the film, you have Louis Tan playing Cole Young, uh Hiroyuki Sanda, uh, Sanada playing Scorpion, uh Ludi Lin, Liu Kang, uh Tanada Nobu Asano playing Lord Raiden, and Jessica McNamee playing Sonya Blade. Uh, these Sonya are all, Blade. and there's there's many more characters too that they've added. Yeah. Um, but this film comes out this Friday, um, and yeah, we'll see if it if it's if it's successful with fans, which I have hopes for. Um, then yeah, we'll see more films of this. Definitely more films of this. Um, yeah, but more. Speaking of more films, you know what I mean. Uh, the fucking Conjuring Three. Back. <laughs> Yeah, it's Man. back. Like, they're expanding on their universe. I don't know. Maybe there's been five movies. Dude, what if this is another five? Oh, my God. Dude, uh, what so the hell? <laughs> they have Conjuring 1, 2, The Nun. They have all the Annabelle movies. Well, yeah, Annabelle, Annabelle Comes Home, Annabelle something else. There's three there's of them, There's three of them. So yeah. they have six films so far, and this is the seventh one. This is the seventh um, film. Yes, and this is supposed to be the biggest and darkest movie of them all, as from the director Michael Chavs, who has said that they're gonna finally um, kill off that white guy that's in all the horror movies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding; it's Patrick Wilson. <laughs> oh man, yeah, Patrick Wilson's gonna fuck. He's in all of the horror movies, all of them. Pretty much, yeah. Insidious was, was is one of them that I the can Insi- definitely the whole Insidious movie. series, like Hard Candy. If you don't know about that one, that's a horror film on its own. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a different kind of horror. Do not lead the people astray. That is a different kind of horror. <laughs> Hard candy is not to be watched with any sort of children anywhere no. near the TV. Like, don't do that. Don't do that. Um, that was. Uh, but yeah, Conjuring. <laughs> Conjuring three. The devil made me do it. Is on its way. That's what its official title is. Finally, um, like, isn't this movie supposed to come out, like, a while ago? Uh, yeah, but COVID fucked it up. Yeah, I uh, was about to say. arrive on HBO Max in theaters on June 4th. June and this 4th. is the time around audience can expect something darker and bigger than the franchise's past installments. In a inter- recent interview with IGN, Chavez, uh, or I'm saying, might be saying this wrong, it's probably Chavez, uh, revealed that the third film in the series will... Take the warrants in new directions, allowing the famed paranormal investigators to step away from the well-worn concept of haunted dwellings. Chavez also boasted that Conjuring 3 will be the franchise's biggest and darkest outing yet. So they're going to actually try to scare us? (laughs) Yeah. uh, 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 The new film follows the murder uh, trial of Arne Johnson, who killed his landlord in 1981. After his arrest... Johnson went on to become the first person in American history to claim demonic possession as a defense. The case became known as the Devil Made Me Do It case, hence the incorporation of the name and the new film's title. Ooh, clever. The had ori- yeah, the case had originally involved 11-year-old David Glat- uh, Glatzel, who was believed to be possessed after a lengthy list of troubling occurrences. His family contacted the Warrens, and it was... During the an attempted exorcism, the Glatzel that of Glatzel that family friend Johnson, who was present at the time, is said to have been possessed by the demon that had taken up resident inside Glatzel. So 
yeah, there's a lot to unpack here at the moment. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering... I'm wondering what else uh, is going to be coming from this film. It's a, they, it looks like they're going and looks like he's probably going to try to make this really, really dark. I want to see how, but it's because like horror films are going for more of that value of suspense. I think, I think horror films are going through a new renaissance now because we have a lot of new films that really are taking the horror aspect, but flipping it onto rather just being jump scares, being something that makes you feel unsettled and puts you in a sense of this doesn't sit right with me. Like freaky. Uh, yeah. Like freaky, <laughs> Midsummer, hereditary. All of those are really good examples. Freaky was one of the ones that we just watched. Yeah. That was a, we just watched freaky and that was hilarious. I love that. movie. Like good. it was really good. Yeah. genuinely i wasn't sure how i felt because of all the high school bullshit you know what i mean like but oh yeah, yeah but like vince vaughn killed it <laughs> like <laughs> vince vaughn's character as a female like as a fucking teenage female was just classic and everybody oh, yeah. should watch that um but yeah so conjuring comes out june 4th uh uh this uh summer on hbo max and in theaters but something that will be coming out next year uh, is Sonic the Hedgehog 2, and Sonic. photos have leaked because of it, um, which is going to be cool. So this has always been, this since the first one did so fucking well, and I agree, it did really well, and it was a really, it was a good film. Mm -hmm. uh, they're making a second one, and it's going to involve Sonic, of course, Tails, and Knuckles. Um, and props of Tails and Knuckles were seen on set. So one other thing, it, it, from what it looks like, it seems like they got these... You should look at the Twitter, the Twitter thing. It's fucking great what they did with these these things. They have these mass, like these three foot tall characters, uh, made in plastic or something, uh, that looks like the each character, like Sonic, Tails, and Knuckles, and they're using them as placement for the characters on set. But they're <laughs> they just look like dolls. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> yeah. Oh man, it's so great. Um. Why is Knuckles so tall? <laughs> he's big. He big boy. He, he's um, strong. He's yeah, strong, man. So we get to see more of this stuff. It's coming from the same people that did the first one. Um, and I I mean, I'm excited. It, it, they did such a good job with the first one. Jim Carrey played a, a, a surprisingly good Eggman. A really um, good Eggman. I, I yeah. wasn't even surprised. Like, he's a character actor. You know what he's I mean? Like, actor. he just... And I can't wait to see him in his OG form, because that was teased at the end. Um, Fat man. Yeah, Thick boy. But we have Ben Schwartz reprising his role as uh, Sonic, of course. Um, and we have uh, director Jeff Fowler, writers Pat Casey and Josh Miller returning. Uh, stars Martin Sumter and Carrie have returned, and Ben Schwartz, who has voiced Sonic in the first film, comes out April twenty second, twenty twenty two. Twenty twenty two. Twenty twenty two. What's happening in twenty twenty two? A lot is happening. A lot Sorry is happening, such as. Uh, I don't know if this is coming out twenty two. It might be a while until this one comes out. Yeah, this is yeah, just based on the the fucking cost alone. Uh, so uh, Amazon's Lord of the Rings season one is going to cost four hundred and sixty five million dollars to make. 
$465 million half, half a billion dollars for a full season. Half a billion dollars. To put that into perspective, me and Zach did a little bit of research, and for the first season of Game of Thrones, they spent about 5 to $6 million per episode. By season 8, they spent about $15 million per episode. Season 6 was the most expensive, because I think that was the Battle of the Bastards uh, season. Yeah. Um, and that was $100 million for 10 episodes. This is four times that amount. That's what I'm saying. Like, this is fucking insane. But you genuinely have to think about how far that, uh, and how specific that world is. You know what I mean? How detailed it is and how well it was written, how well we've been describing it over the last, uh, six movies. You know what I mean? Like, and then to add a little bit more into that, you know what I mean? Just, yeah, definitely. You're, you gotta keep up with all that, the, the, cg and all the practical effects that they use you know what i mean because it's a lot because there's so many different kinds of characters in these movies i want to see the full cost of the movies total overall and then compare that to the series that's what i'm saying like that they i the hobbit maybe uh has higher budget like this but damn what dude okay so a re- the price tag for the full Lord of the Rings films is $280 million. That's what I'm saying. Movie. That's what I'm saying. But you have to think about... So uh, what about the Hobbit movies? You should look that up. How how, how much no, the three of those movies... Because like you're paying for how good it looks. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like that, It's going to be more. I'm telling okay, you. Okay, so the first Hobbit was $180 million. See? See? Yeah. And then I have to look at the second one, um, which these films all surpass like billions of dollars. I know, like after the fact, but I'm talking about the the cost to make the movie, like because yeah. they're spending 465 million dollars on the series, but you're paying on how good this is gonna look based on how good this looks, like uh, money wise, we have the budget to do anything in Middle Earth. Yeah. Uh, second one, damn it, I cannot find anything about the second one. Oh, a budget of 191 million, that's the second. Yep, so 180, 191, so we're already at almost 400 right there, you know what I mean? And then Hobbit 3, number 3, the triple threat is, nope, that's box office. I don't believe it it was costed almost a billion dollars for that film. Uh, no, that's the film series. Uh, budget of the last one is around 250 to three million dollars 300 million dollars that's what I'm saying so that one movie there at the end that that third movie is the newest movie out of the whole six movie series you know what I'm yeah, saying so like as 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 the times went on it got it cost more and more to produce like these like beautiful works of art you know what I mean and they truly look like beautiful works of art because by that third movie like that big ass fucking battle of the five armies like that that was amazing like that mm-hmm. it made people dizzy because of how well it was like constructed yeah. you know what i mean cgi is it's gone a long way and it's going to continue to go a long way and with that as well the pricing is just going to go up the, the amount it's going to cost is because it, it's just the amount of technical work and in the amount of time and effort it takes to put the stuff together mm-hmm. because with the new technology and techniques and and lessons that are coming out for animation cgi all that stuff practical effects whatnot 
it there's going to be more cost. It's going to cost more. That's essentially what it is. Right. And but that doesn't mean that it's going to lack in quality. No, that no, means- that's what I'm saying. Like that that there's enough room there for the the CG to be there and the quality. Like and yes. I don't see them rushing through this. It it definitely it looks like they're going to be doing good. They're current they're sh- currently shooting in New Zealand like they did originally with The Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings film series, which I'm glad that they're going back to that because New Zealand is a fantastic place for it. Um yeah, yeah, that's any, where that's where the original series was filmed. I don't know if you said that. And not get any but. any terrain like at any other place. Right. That's oh. it, it's a beautiful terrain. But yeah, um, New Zealand is its own version, own world at that point. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, they said uh, Stuart Nash, the the minister for economic development and tourism of New Zealand, said Amazon is going to spend six hundred and fifty million dollars in season one alone. Jeez. That's what that that that's what the New Zealand guy said, and this is considerably higher than the five hundred million that was initially reported at the cost for the first two seasons, <laughs> and it will make it the most expensive show ever made, ever. Yeah, However, definitely. Amazon will be gaining a considerable tax rebate of one hundred and fourteen million U.S. dollars. This means that the New New Zealand government will, in effect, be subsidizing the show's production, but uh, employment and potential tourism it will create is considerable. Like the amount of people <clears throat> and extras and stuff like that that they need to run yeah. a show like this, like I I feel like they're about to show whole like worlds of people. You know what I mean? All these different oh, yeah. characters that we're about to meet, the extras are going to be completely done up in makeup. You know what I mean? Make like, the show feel real. Make the characters feel real. Make the world feel real. And very immersive. Like, yeah, that's what I want from this. If they have that budget, make it feel that way. Yeah, uh, the Amazon has released a synopsis but doesn't reveal any new details beyond the fact it will feature characters both familiar and new. Uh, the showrunners are J.D. Payne and Patrick McKay, and the first two episodes are directed by Jurassic World Dominion's J.A. Bayona. Uh, okay. The cast includes Roberto Aramayo from Nocturnal Animals, uh, Morfid Clark from Crawl, Owain Arthur from The Palace, and Ismael Cruz Cordova from Ray Donovan. In March, actor Tom Budge revealed he had left the show, stating that Amazon had decided to go in another direction with the character he was portraying. So... They're being Uh-oh. very that that sounds like they're being very uh, on the ball with their character portrayal. Yeah, um, which makes sense because gonna, it's such a specific show. Probably going to see the elves. Probably going to see young young elf versions of the characters from the Lord of the Rings because this is going to be set. I don't know thousands of years. Um. Yeah, I don't remember. Like, yeah, it's thousands of years either in the past or in the future. I don't know, yeah. but I think it's in the past. Like, during, like, a time with a different war. Oh, yeah, totally, definitely. Yeah. Um, but, but I uh, think we're at a good stopping point. Yes, we're at our halftime, guys. That means uh, we're going to give you a second, you know, where you could pause, go to the bathroom, pause, eat some snacks, snacks go right? get nice popcorn, yeah. get, get the Cracker Jacks. Give get, yourself a mun- the munchies, you know what I mean? Like, so yeah. do whatever you need to do. And we'll- If you're somehow listening to this the day before, uh, yeah, uh, I, I praise you for that. But um, What in the synchronic are you talking about the day before? <laughs> Oh yeah, we haven't even. uh, We'll talk about Uh, synchronic. I know, I know. Yeah. Yeah.
back on Earth. Kind of. We have of. arrived back. We are <laughs> ascended beings. We're ascended All beings. hail the ascended beings. All hail Crab Lord. All hail Crab Lord. Alright, alright. Well, uh, speaking of Crab Lord, this has absolutely Crab nothing to do with that. Yes. Amazon. We're back into it. So we left off with uh, Lord oh, of the no, Rings no, Season on. 1. What? I think Jeff Bezos is a crab person. I think it has everything <laughs> to do with crab. <laughs> right now, that I wish I had the the discordant, disorganized accordions uh, on my soundboard right now because that is exactly what I, what I just would have played right now. <sighs> <laughs> Who lives in a pineapple covered in bees? Bees. Oh my god. <laughs> oh fuck. But um, um Yeah. Amazon so, decided to cancel something. Oh, I thought you were gonna go on a crab person tangent. I was prepared to like just oh, you like throw down. Go on a crab person t- I paused I paused my us. whole they- I paused my whole thing right here, alright? Like we're we're gonna talk about crab people now. <laughs> okay, well, uh, we'll hold off on Amazon, but well, well, no, we'll tie it into Amazon. So, Amazon is ruled by a crab-like being called Jeff Bezos, who has come from the ocean with his riches of pearls and gold that he found from the 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 trenches. Uh, oh, much scarier. <laughs> yeah, uh, but. There you go. <laughs> he better. he has now ascended to a higher being by taking a flesh-like state as a human. A um, what? <laughs> <laughs> you gotta you gotta let me ramble. It it only works if I keep rambling. Did you say a flesh-like state? Yeah, a flesh-like no a flesh-like like state. oh oh my god! I thought you said a flesh-like. I was like a giant flesh. <laughs> no. I was like, that, you, you already took that hard right turn. I was expecting it. <laughs> um, yeah, so he now has uh, taken the state of a human so he can live amongst us. And he has all our wealth in his hands now. He's like he's like Smaug from The Hobbit, but in crab form. Right, right, right. Like, so he could suck his eyeballs in, you know what I mean? And then, like, yeah. uh, at night, he just, like, lets them slide back out and up. You know what think, I'm saying? Think of how like, Pennywise was in It Chapter Two. No, the end of It, the 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 first one, uh, where he turned into a crab, kind of a bit. Like that's how Jeff Bezos is with his arms. Um, <laughs> uh, that new tentacle technology that we were talking about. <laughs> yep. Oh yeah, that that stuff. Oh my god. Alright, so since we're still talking on Amazon, I'm done with the crab thing. That okay, okay, yeah, no, the crab thing. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so when we left off, we were talking about Amazon's Lord of the Rings series, but Amazon has also canceled uh, its Lord of the Ring MMORPG, which was announced in 2019. Uh, it's been reported. Yeah, I know. It's been reported by Bloomberg, and the game was in development at Amazon Game Studios alongside China-based Leiu Technology Holdings Limited, which uh, purchased, which was purchased by Tencent Holdings in uh, December 2020. 
Uh, the contract negotiations between Amazon and Tencent were said to have caused a dispute that eventually led to the game's cancellation. Uh, an Amazon spokesperson confirmed that Tencent's acquisition of Leiu, it had been unable to secure I terms to proceed with this title at this time. So very official <laughs> answer there. Um, the team will be shifted to other projects, and Amazon shared its disappointment not being able to bring this project to the world. Uh, we love the Lord of the Rings IP uh, and are disappointed that we won't be bringing this game to customers, a spokesperson for Amazon said. This joins Breakaway and Crucible as yet another cancelled project for Amazon Game Studios, which itself was the subject of another Bloomberg report that detailed the dysfunction and struggles the studio has been dealing with. Because it's a movie studio and not a game studio, but you know. Yeah. They thought that it would easily translate and then came to find out that it's actually a much finer art than what they fucking signed up for but uh amazon still has one mmorpg in the works called new world although that project has been hit with delays and is now scheduled for release in august 2021 so later on this year for fans disappointed by the news of this cancellation turbines the lord of the rings online is still active and we have amazon primes the lord of the Rings series and the lord of the ring Gollum video game to look forward to so that's really cool. Yeah, I saw the Gollum <laughs> video game. It looked cool. I heard about New World. I saw the trailer for it, and then it got like it like kind of like um it dropped out because of COVID. So now I'm glad that it's kind of coming back because it looked cool. Like I but said, all, I'd like, rather I'd rather trailer. wait for a game that's gonna be good than you know purchase an unfinished one. So I know a thousand times over, but um. Anyway, like we're gonna move away from Amazon and we're talking about big companies right now, and a yeah. big company that's in it is Discord, which we're using right now. Yeah, um, that's what we used to record for the time being. And yeah, uh, record with Discord. Yeah, record with Discord. Uh, Discord's to reportedly stay independent and in talks with Microsoft. So a couple weeks ago, we uh, actually talked about this. Uh, being uh, thinking that Microsoft was gonna try to buy Discord, and they tried, you know what I mean. But they they can't they they didn't close the deal, man. Um, but that's exciting for me because I like Discord how it is now. You know what I mean? Uh, Microsoft funding would be cool, but then it would start uh, incorporating other things into it. You know what I mean? Like uh, things that I don't like about uh, certain Microsoft yeah. products. You know. But uh, while discussions have ended for now, without a deal, sources close to the matter confirm that they could always be rekindled in the future. This potential deal was said to have been ready to close as soon as this month, and that Xbox uh, boss Phil Spencer was part of the discussions as it would clearly have a benefit for the Xbox community. This is, mm -hmm. yet, this is yet another deal Microsoft was trying to secure and follows 2020's discussions surrounding the potential purchase of TikTok. Uh, following the social media platform's security concerns that brought it under scrutiny from the Trump administration. Uh, Discord has been around since 2015 and is a favorite for the gaming community. Its popularity led to the companies making $130 million in revenue in 2020 and earning a $7 billion valuation. While Microsoft may not have been may not be purchasing Discord anytime soon, it recently completed its acquisition of Zenimax Media, uh -huh. which we already know about because we constantly talk yep. about it. <laughs> yeah. uh, bringing so, in so such IPs as Elder Scrolls, Fallout, Doom, etc. You know. I don't think we're gonna stop talking about it. Honestly, 
because there's still going to be a lot of stuff about it that's going to like continue to. Uh, well, I'm not develop. saying we're going to stop talking about it. I was just saying there's no need to explain any further. You know what I mean? Because uh, you know Bethesda. So. Yeah. Well, you have Bethesda. <laughs> you have well Zenimax. You have these big companies such as Microsoft, or Sony. Um, trying to think of who else. Oh yeah, Blizzard. What about Blizzard? Um, well, um, yeah, the, the Overwatch. Director. Yeah, Jeff Kaplan uh, left Blizzard, <laughs> and I was like, after oh. nineteen years. Yeah, yeah, nineteen years. Damn, nineteen years. So I'm gonna read his letter that he posted. Uh, he said, "Greetings, Overwatch community. I am leaving Blizzard Entertainment after nineteen amazing years. It was truly the honor of a lifetime to have the opportunity to create worlds and heroes for such a passionate audience." I want to express my deep appreciation to everyone at Blizzard who supported our games, our game teams, and our players. But I want to say a special thanks to the wonderful game developers that shared in the journey of creation with me. Never accept the world as it appears to be. Always dare to see it for what it could be. I hope you do the same. Uh, <laughs> oh, he wrote GG. <laughs> Good game, Jeffrey Kaplan. <laughs> But uh, development on Overwatch 2 will continue with assistant director Aaron Keller taking over as the new director on the sequel. Keller previously worked with Kaplan on World of Warcraft. Uh, Jeff's been a great leader, mentor, and a friend. Uh, He knows how much we're going to miss him. Keller writes in a letter to the community, I've been lucky to work alongside him and the rest of the Overwatch team for many years in building something that continues to inspire people all around the world, and I'm honored to carry the torch forward. Uh, Kaplan joined Blizzard in 2002 when he started as a designer on World of Warcraft, developing quests for the upcoming MMO. Uh, He eventually was credited as a game director on WoW. In 2009, Kaplan spearheaded an unannounced project at Blizzard called Titan, a first-person shooter game. Unfortunately, Titan never came together and was officially canceled in 2014. However, Kaplan and the members of the Titan team took ideas from the game and redesigned them into a team-based hero shooter now known as Overwatch. Overwatch has been incredibly successful since its launch, with over 50 million players and numerous Game of the Year awards. Overwatch helped reinvigorate the hero shooter genre. Overwatch also spawned off its own dedicated esports series, the Overwatch League, which spearheaded city-based teams mirroring traditional sports leagues. Um, Blizzard is also developing the sequel Overwatch 2, a game designed to introduce a single-player component that fleshes out the beloved heroes of Overwatch. Though new PvP maps and heroes will still be released for both Overwatch 1 and 2. So Overwatch posted uh, like the whole thing, but I'm not going to go over that. Uh, At at the end, it says, while I have no pretenses about filling Jeff's shoes, I'm excited to step into the game director role and continue to be part of a team that's always putting its heart, talent, and focus into the next iteration of the Overwatch. And I'm honored to continue serving this incredible community. Uh, Yeah, that's cool. Glad that they're, they're dedicated to it, and hopefully they do right by it for the second game uh but also like keeping a homage into uh jeff Kaplan, who has done probably so much i guarantee you so much for blizzard uh, over nearly 20 years of working there yeah um, yeah he's definitely put uh, a whole lifetime into that you know what i mean uh-huh. that company 
and watching yeah. it grow and imagine seeing the building in 2002 versus seeing the building now you know what i mean like just the oh, yeah. just got, the overall it's... changes like in in the community that surrounding you know uh, video games in general oh yeah completely like it, it's crazy yeah, um, but uh, while we're talking about video games here still, uh, PS5, uh, it broke another huge U.S. sales record, which was incredible, you know, seeing as though nobody can really uh, uh, <clears throat> get their hands on one right now, you know? I mean, I did, but that doesn't mean people are still just as lucky. There's still a shortage of microprocessors and all kinds of other stuff, and... Uh, like, so the PS5, in the first five months on the market, the PS5 has become the fastest selling console in U.S. history in both unit and dollar sales. As revealed by the MPD Group's Matt Piscala, Piscatella, excuse me, uh, this news arrives one month after the PS5 became the fastest selling console in U.S. history in dollar sales. Uh, despite the that new record, the Nintendo Switch has continued its reign as the best-selling hardware platform in both units and dollars during March 2021. However, the PS5 did rank first in hardware dollar sales in quarter one 2021. March video game hardware dollar sales as a whole were 47% higher than they were in March 2020 and set a March record of $680 million dollars. Uh, year-to-date hardware spending has totaled $1.4 billion, which is also in an increase of 81% over year. As for games, uh, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War returned to the top spot in March 2021, while also securing the best-selling title both the first quarter and the 12-month period ending March 2021. A Nintendo Switch exclusive Monster Hunter Rise uh, claimed the number two spot and has <clears throat> become the second best selling Monster Hunter game in terms of dollar sales, only trailing Monster Hunter World. Uh, oh Outriders God. rounded out the top three and also claimed the number three spot on both Xbox and PlayStation platforms. Um, yeah. <clears throat> Mario, <clears throat> Mario Kart 8 Deluxe came in at number six and has also become the best-selling racing game in U.S. history. Uh, speaking of Mario, Su Super Mario 3D All-Stars rose from 16th to 9th place from last month, with sales surely increased due to the infamous Day Mario Dies, yep. which we have covered <laughs> completely. Mm -hmm. uh, lastly, Crash Bandicoot 4, It's About Time Switch release accounted for the game's rise from 65th place uh, in February to uh, 15th in March. The full list of March 2021's top best-selling games uh, uh, is as follows. So March is like I'm just gonna go uh, through and name uh, March 2021's best-selling games. This is what's super popular right now. So um, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, Monster Hunter Rise, Outriders, Super Mario 3D World, Marvel Spider-Man, Miles Morales, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, uh, Animal Crossing New Horizons, Super Mario 3D All-Stars, Minecraft, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, Pokemon Sword and Shield, Mortal Kombat 11, uh, Crash Bandicoot 4 It's About Time, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, which is crazy that that's still on the list. Uh, wow. Madden NFL 21, NBA 2K, uh, Super Mario Party, and FIFA 21. Uh, March 21, uh, consumer spending across video game hardware content and accessories reached a March record of $5.6 billion, which is 18% higher than last year. Yeah. 
So, like, that's directly involved with coronavirus. Like, but... Oh, totally. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Like, video games. Like, everybody was just like, oh, well, I'm just going to sit at home all this time. What am I going to do? I'm going to play video games, you know? So, everybody's got a system in their house right now. So, there's a whole generation of people who just are super lucky. You know what I mean? Yeah. To have parents, um, like, that normally wouldn't spend money on that. And now they're spending no. money on that. I, I the switch is a cool cool system. I really think it's a unique system. Where I know cool. I really want one. Uh, me and Kater, when we move in, we're probably going to split one. Yeah. Um, uh, because there's a video, like I said, a Hollow Knight Silk song is is going to be exclusively on Switch and PC, and so I'll just get it for Switch when it comes out. Um, right. But also, uh, there's other games that I want to play on it too, uh, like. I play Smash Bros. Ultimate, of course, because that's a game that's been like in. I've been playing since my childhood. Monster Hunter Rise, because I love Monster Hunter World. I just got back into it. Um, right. Just just a game where you fight massive monsters. Pretty much it. Um, and very fun. Um, and then like Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. Uh, that game it was great when I played it on the Wii U. Um, and there's a second one coming out, so whenever that comes out, it's going to come out on Switch. Switch is going to last for probably another, like, five years, um, because it's such a successful console. But... Right. Yeah, definitely. Um, but... Yeah, uh, PS5 breaking huge sales, of course, that's, like... No doubt, something that like I I definitely expected because they hyped it up so well and it really shows. Yeah, um, no, like I think the I think everything was expertly crafted, all the way from like the showcase, you know, down to the video game releases. Like, <clears throat> I think uh, Sony has a real uh, advantage on good advertisement. Yeah, the same in the same way that Apple does. You know what I mean? Apple has good commercials. Like, yeah, yeah that's all. Yeah, I was just totally, to say. it, it like. completely makes sense. But like, um, since we're talking about Sony, and we can talk about its uh, this its opponent is going to be uh, Microsoft, and Microsoft is going with its Xbox Series X, which actually is doing it's doing very it's doing very well. It's also selling out and stuff. Not as not as fast, of course, as PlayStation Five. Uh. But, it's still being able to hold up, but the Xbox Series X is known for uh, being. It, it's able to be used as a way to build uh, its own video games and stuff for designers and stuff. And one of the things they're going to be do doing is updating the graphics as giving it a boost, thanks to AMD Fidelity FX, uh, which uh, Fidelity uh, AMD is going to bring Fidelity. FX graphics technology to the Xbox Series X and S, giving game developers more ways to enhance and fine tune, fine tune next gen graphics. And according to the announcement, make it even easier than before to write cross platform games, <clears throat> which should be unique because cross platform games are uh, just a way for the games to be used on all platforms but if you're creating a multiplayer game you could have a cross-platform multiplayer game such as call of duty right or something like that um and uh fidelity fidelity fx is a collection of graphical effects that developers have been using on pc and over 40 games for over a year 
the full library includes variable shading, disnoiser, contrast, adaptive sharpening, screen space reflections, ambient inclusion, <laughs> downsampler, parallel sort, and a bunch of uh, HDR mapper, a bunch more stuff. Uh, for the initial Xbox Series X rollout, developers will have access to uh, con constrate constrative adaptive sharpening, variable shading, and ray trace shadow denoiser. So you're only going to have a few so far because they're going to roll out slowly um, and see how it works. Um, adaptive sharpening makes it easier to sharpen or scale images without losing any quality. Similarly, variable shading allows games to shade different parts of a scene to different degrees, adding detail where it matters most while freeing up resources to improve performance. Uh, and most important piece of tech is arguably the ray trace denoiser, which can be used to clear up all of the fuzzy artifacting that games can get when with ray traced light and shadows. Um, which I can definitely tell on games that use ray tracing uh, for my Xbox currently, right. um, since it doesn't really handle ray tracing that well. Right, because um, what what do you have a one or I have a one. I have a one S. So it has it, it's it, I think it's a slimmer version. It's the light one, but gotcha. like yeah. So it doesn't have, but I know it doesn't have ray tracing. That is definitely a fact. Right, um, and I can tell it doesn't. But um, eventually, I'll upgrade. We'll see. I don't know. I don't have money right now, but we'll see. Um, right. It's cool to see that they're giving more boosts and graphics and stuff like that. Trying to at least up, update it, even though that they've already rolled it out. Um, <clears throat> but since we're still talking about Microsoft. They have decided that they're going to remove the Xbox Live restriction for free Xbox games. Um, and that starts pretty much today. Um, well, that's nice of them. Oh, uh, yeah. Back in January, Microsoft told players that it was removing the Xbox Live requirement to play free games on the Team Green console. Uh, today, the move goes in effect. Now, any game that is free to play is actually free to play. Previously, it was required to have an active Xbox Live subscription, which was sucky. That was probably one of the biggest things that uh, that sucked about free-to-play games. Uh, but you know what? They took it off. Uh, because if it's a free-to-play game, let it's, it be a free-to-play right, game. Right, it's now actually a free-to-play game. Yeah, so the list... There's there's a there's a list and I I'm just gonna list off a few of them. Apex Legends is one of them. Call of Duty Warzone, uh, Crackdown One and Two. I'm trying to think. Dauntless, Dead or Alive, DC Universe Online, Destiny Two, uh, Fortnite, uh, Gems of down. War. Yeah, uh, Outriders, Path of Exile, uh, Roblox, <laughs> Rocket League, Smite. Uh, just a bunch of online game Warframe, Star Trek um, Online, Terra, yeah, know. World of Tanks. Just a bunch of games that have online or free to play subscriptions or something like that. Um, yeah, they're pretty much all free now for you, and that's great. That's a that's a really good way of at least giving something to the community that I think uh, people who cannot pay for a subscription and still want to play like a a game that's at least free or something like that, or like, right. a, uh, yeah, some at least along those lines. Um, let's see what else. Uh, Resident Evil Revelations 2 Spellbreak and Destiny 2 are also picks that uh, cannot be recommended enough. Call of Duty Warzone is included, which is all because season three is going to be kicking off soon. They just nuked their whole map and everybody's sent to the rebirth island where they cannot, they just respawn internally. Um, 
until probably like tomorrow or the day after that until they get the new map out. Um, but yeah, so that's cool of Xbox to do that. Um, but yeah, since I think we're talking about Xbox games, we can go to Epic Games. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, well, while you were talking about Fortnite, you know, like Epic Games, uh, MetaHuman Creator is now in early access. I signed up for it today for for access uh, to it because I yeah. think that that would be a really cool uh, thing that I could use. You know what I mean? Uh, the MetaHuman Creator, if you guys aren't familiar, like I talked about it before, you guys should have listened. No, I'm playing. <laughs> uh, after decades in the making, Epic Games' MetaHuman Creator has entered early access. Powered by Unreal Engine, the cloud-based app allows anyone anyone to create photorealistic digital humans in minutes regardless of prior design experience as of right now users must apply for early access to the program with wait times dependent upon how much traffic the cloud can support uh once accepted users can select from a diverse range of starting characters before sculpting and refining them to create near infinite variations of metahumans best of all epic epic says the metahuman creator is so easy to use you may not even need to open the user guide to do so however if you're still feeling a bit intimidated by the character creation process unreal engine has also provided over 50 pre-made metahumans ready to download for free through quixel bridge in the MetaHuman Creator, users can customize everything from a character's complexion to the size of their teeth. The program's only limitations are what is physically possible, and the creator derives data from real-world scans and is constrained to that database. While what is physically possible could potentially lead to issues in terms of diversity within the program, according to Unreal Engine's website, these constraints help ensure accuracy in traits such as skin tone and hair color. After users are finished creating a metahuman, they can download their character for free using Quixel Bridge in addition to your character model. This download will also provide you with the metahuman's source data in the form of an Autodesk Maya file, with meshes, skeleton, facial rig, and animation controls all included. This data can then be put into Unreal Engine where folks can animate their characters, which will ultimately be able to run in real time on high-end PCs with RTX graphics cards, even at their highest quality with strand-based hair and ray tracing enabled. If reading this has, has you feeling a bit overwhelmed, Unreal Engine has provided tutorial videos on how to ensure you're getting the best performance out of your metahuman and how to properly rig and animate your character model. They have also provided a collection of guides and documents on how to use the creator itself and have truly put in the work to make the application as accessible as possible. MetaHuman is gonna is gonna surpass us. It's gonna it's it's home. amazing that that's such an amazing. It's free, you know what I mean? Like free. they're they're like, please use this. Like th this is such a use good this. thing. Like this use. this brings your online characters to another level. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you you can have your own model that looks like you. You know what I mean? In a game. Yeah. Uh, just watch it uh, come out of the screen and take over. Right. Start. 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 Uh, <clears throat> invading everything. Uh, Metahumans are now the uh, superior race. <laughs> right. Um, but no, this is cool. I think this could be a very good and very useful thing. A lot of stuff is happening. Like this. This is for character creation. You have the end. 
the AI system that Rockstar is working on for NPCs and their future games that will make them more aware about the world. Uh, the world building and aspect and stuff like uh, authors, like actual authors working on video games now. Yeah. Like, uh, 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 what's his name? George R. R. Martin, the guy who literally wrote Game of Thrones, is working on a video game with the Dark Souls uh, developers. I know. Um, it's so epic. Which is crazy. That's crazy. That it's, it's such a long way since video games have come. Uh, because I remember them being so simple. So very simple. Um when I was when I was younger, because I had an, a SNES, so uh, I grew up on that before I ever got into like I don't know. Modern... <laughs> Simple is one thing, but easy is another, bro. <laughs> you I were... wouldn't. Uh, they weren't. They still weren't easy. I wouldn't say they were easy, but the I would Lion say they were, King they were game on fucking uh, uh, what the the fucking Lion King game. I can't remember what it was on. Ah. <laughs> uh... The yeah, really, the uh, really hard one. Fuck. Yeah, no, I know what you're talking about. There is a game that I have called Earthbound. That's the game where Ness from Smash Bros. Uh, comes from. Uh, that game is an like an RPG. Uh, it it gets difficult later on. That that was another one. Super Mario World. I remember when I first played it. I didn't really understand it. Oh, it, like, it was it, for it, Genesis. They were, they it were, was for Genesis. They were easy. By the way. I just say they were they were more simplified. Right. Right. Like that. I was just clarifying um, that that's what you meant yeah. because, like, yeah, no, that's yeah, yeah. completely what I meant. D- it like, was for sense. it was for Genesis, by the way. Oh yeah, no, wait, which what was the, Lion the, King the yeah game? the Lion King game that was extremely hard. Well, there was that one, but then I remember also another very hard game was the uh, the Battle for Hoth game, uh, which I played very very slightly. But, like, it was a game that was based on the Battle for Hoth from New Hope of Star Wars. And that game was impossible. You, it was it was near impossible to play that game. So, uh, yeah, I think it's just because mechanics became much more refined and tuned and stuff like that. Still, it's come so much, so much, so far in the past, like, few decades. Um, speaking of a game that is trying to at least come back, and uh, it should should uh, a game that should have at least known. Uh, I don't know what I'm trying to rambling on. Cyberpunk 2077. You can talk <laughs> about it. You can listen to it. You don't have to. I don't care. I'm not talking about it because somebody modded the game and found unused quests and playable a playable uh, uh, character V as they appear in the E3 demos. Um, because the character in the E3 demos is different from the character in the in-game stuff. Right. Uh, because they wanted to give more customization. Um, but yeah, so the base characters look, they put the base character back in the game and unused quests that weren't used. So modders like Romulus have also used the Ghosts of Night City mod to find placeholder models for several characters from wider Cyberpunk 2077 lore that never made it into the main game outside of reference and files. One of these characters named Garvin Hawkinson, uh, who first appeared in the pen and paper RPG Cyberpunk 2020 as a deputy mayor of Night City, Hawkinson is listed as appearing in a playable side quest featuring River Ward, who was like a detective in the game, uh, but he seems to have not made a cut in the final release. There's a bunch of other notable characters they had. 
but also like there was some stuff, some files that like were tied to some D- DLC content that is po- that is bro- more than likely going to come out at some point. But currently, they have just finished their 1.2 patch, and now they're going to be working on releasing the free content that they have promised. And I will look into it because I still have the game. Uh, so yeah, that's pretty much it for cyberpunk. Um, cyberpunk. Yeah. Oh, also, they're also trying to get a step towards for bringing it back on the PlayStation Store. Um, yeah, we'll see about that. But we're gonna move on to another game that not everybody. Oh likes God! To talk about. Here we go. Yeah, Fallout seventy six has an update finally. Um, <clears throat> they're working on season. Four. They finally said season four is coming out next week. On April 27th, uh, you'll be rejoining the Armor Ace from Season 2. Uh, Armor Ace and the Power Patrol from Season 2. Um, and you're going to be fighting uh, something called Cold Steel, which is basically just robots. This is just like this, the se- what the theme of the season is, um, which is basically just a reward system from doing multiple things throughout like the several months it's on. Um, and you get a bunch of new stuff. But they released like, the reward system. There's like a hunter's... 100 100 different tiers that you can get on the scoreboard. And all of them are different, such as mannequins are being added to camps, so you can finally show off your um, outfits at camps now. Uh, Weapon skins are being added. Camp New camp objects are being added, like a beehive. A tree branch chandelier would do wallpapers, floors, floors, and a golden toilet. How about that? A golden Um, toilet. Yeah, golden toilet. A collectron is basically a machine that collects is a bot that collects things around so that you can have scrap or junk for your camp to build it. Uh, and this one's gonna be Nuka Cola themed, so basically uh, that's gonna be cool. You have more flares for your backpack, Tadbull badges for if you want to be a pioneer scout, uh, sugar free Nuka Shine. So Nuka Shine's a fun thing in the game. It basically gives you infinite sprint sprint or AP or action points is essentially what's called. But it has a one minute time one or two minute timer and after that you black out and you just wake up somewhere in the world on the map just randomly. And this one's just gonna be sugar free so you don't have to deal with the sudden memory loss and blacking out. Um and then oh yeah carry weight booster. This is just a handful of things. There was other stuff that I saw. Um but yeah, you can go check it out if you want. I don't care, but I'm excited that at least it's finally coming out uh, because they had the setback because of the winter and the snow apocalypse that happened in Texas. Um, yeah, so cool. And I mean, that's pretty much it for for the game stuff that I have. We have a small little section of like collection collectible items and stuff like that. Uh, and I'm going to start it off right, because this one is, has a fun little uh, article title as, This Laura Croft statue weighs more than a baby, <laughs> and costs nearly as much. <laughs> Such a creative title. Such a creative title, yeah. It's, it's, very, very, it's a very nice uh, touch on it. So the special effects and prop company Weta Workshop has revealed a limited edition Laura Croft figure for Tomb Raider's 25th anniversary. And it really, it looks really good. I actually, I'm impressed, like, how much detail and stuff they put into it, and I really like it. But the thing is, the price tag is fucking insane. It's roughly um, $1,500. Or if you want to go into euros, uh, that would be 
1760 yeah it requires you to put down a 15 a 15 percent deposit if you really want to grab it up uh for pre-order um and this thing weighs 27 pounds and it's also a one to force a, a one fourth of a scale of what Laura Croft would actually be. So this thing is is I'm gonna assume maybe a foot a foot and a half tall. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, I was saying earlier like it's fifteen hundred dollars, but it looks like it's worth fifteen hundred dollars. Like yeah, you gotta it's, put it's down that well you gotta put down that fifteen percent deposit like before you get one. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that that's a a bit of money right there. You know, but. Hey, like it's real craftsmanship, you know what I mean? That went into that. It's not like it's just something that was 3D printed. Not saying that 3D printing isn't an art because it is, you know yeah, what I mean? But like it is, it, it definitely is. But this wasn't something that was 3D printed, it was something that was sculpted. Yeah, this was sculpted to be that way, and they made multiple of these. Yeah, and it says Warcraft fighting two uh, velociraptors or uh, velociraptor like beasts. From I cannot remember what game it said, but this thing is going to be uh, released on May third. It'll be released. Uh, pre-orders are running until May third uh, at two p.m. Uh, Pacific. I don't know what PD time. I think it's Pacific time or ten p.m. BST, British Standard Time. I think is that one. Yeah. Uh, what the figures due to ship out sometime in October, just in time for the twenty-fifth anniversary. Um, which is cool. Yeah, no, I think it's awesome. I like seeing the stuff being made. Uh, and this thing is 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 a is a massive piece, but you know what? If it had, it definitely looks like it's worth that much. Yeah, that's what uh, I'm saying. Like it's a statue. Like that's what yeah, that's really what you're getting. Like it it's fucking phenomenally crafted. You guys yeah, should no, definitely, definitely check this out uh, if you're interested in this and are a collector. Yeah, but this is all. The next thing is also a collector item, but it's it's not as expensive. Not as it expensive. It's re crafted. it's reachable, and uh, Lego has revealed its biggest ever buildable R two D two set. And I had to share this with everyone because I That's think awesome. this is fucking amazing. It's just over twenty three hundred pieces in the set. So if you have cats, no. <laughs> no, you know not. that gives that gives me anxiety thinking about like especially like my my black cat Saki she picks things up and runs away with them and hides them like she ran away she with she would take the pieces and they'd be gone forever no did I tell you that she like we had like little mini one inch statues of a nativity scene and she we caught we the only reason that we caught her is because she was running around with baby Jesus in her mouth she took the rest <laughs> of them and fucking scattered them across the house mother Mary has gone missing like and i don't know where she is yeah yeah no saki's been running around with the with a little nativity scene they're like stone like little painted pieces dang yeah she's crazy she's crazy but anyway lego uh 2300 piece set is 199 dollars, and i'm telling you like this is a really beautiful kit like right here it's uh probably like a good foot and a half tall yeah foot to a foot and a half yeah. yeah Like at least, Roughly, yeah, same size as probably the Laura Croft thing, but yeah, it definitely has it has its work. It's like it's like one of those um, master masterwork uh, projects that they've been doing uh, for like the Star Wars universe, starting off with the Millennium Falcon that was like a thousand or two thousand pieces. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, uh, the yeah. set also comes with an R two minifigure as well as a special Lucasfilm fiftieth uh, anniversary Lego brick. Uh, yeah, which uh, is designed to be displayed alongside the thirty-one. It's thirty-one centimeters, whatever that breaks down to. Uh, tall replica, 
Other commemorative fan favorite Star Wars products are expected to be revealed as part of the 50th anniversary celebrations. In other LEGO Star Wars news, the upcoming LEGO Star Wars The Skywalker Saga game was recently delayed past its spring 2021 release window, with TT Games noting that it will provide updated launch timing as soon as possible. The Skywalker Saga isn't being described as a remake of the original games as it is a completely new game built from the ground up. So that's exciting, and this LEGO set is exciting. And it's not at all horrifying, but do you want to know what is? No, wait, hold on. I, I before we go on, I, I looked up the Millennium Falcon that was released. Uh, I think like a few years ago. Well, that um, one's like five hundred. Right? I, I was way off. It is. It is. Are you talking uh, about like the giant one that's like ten feet across? The big one. The big one. Yeah. The very big oh, one. Okay. The yeah. Seven, no. The seven thousand five hundred piece one. Yeah. That is worth almost a thousand dollars. Yeah. That is a motherfucker, and it's massive. It's like I think like three feet. It's giant. Yeah. And it's intricately detailed and all that. That's a masterclass, is what they consider. It. I I think is what it's called a ma- a master set because it it, it can takes uh, hours to build. Well, yeah, like this R2 one was going to take days to build, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, And that fucking actually, Millennium Falcon is probably going to take a week, you know what I mean? Like a oh, good yeah. dedicated time. I would love to time. get this thing at some point. Oh, I yeah, don't know no, definitely. The, like, where I would put it away from the cats because they're going to play with it, no, defi- no, no doubt. No, but I mean, I when have- I, whenever I said that, I don't think that uh, I'm talking about them playing with it. I was more talking about Saki running off with one of the pieces and then me being yeah. one, one piece short on a 2,000-piece set. You know what I mean? Like, um, that would fucking stress I mean, me the this shit out. This one would be even worse because it's 7,500 pieces. Yeah. And so missing one is just going to be hard, hard, to, hard to miss. No, right. no, it's going to be very hard to miss. Um, but what were you talking about? Horrifying? Because- uh, yes, uh, the final the final article of the night. Um, so I have found a creepy webcam that looks like a real human eye and blinks and frowns. Um, and it watches you. And it watches you. Yes, very much so. If you've ever felt like you've been constantly under surveillance, uh, one webcam designed to look and operate like a human eye will certainly set a chill down your spine, as it did mine. I showed my mom a video today, and she looked at it for about five seconds and went, "Uh uh-uh, cut it off, cut it off. That's exactly what she said. And, like, I literally lost it because of the way that she said it. It it freaked her out. She she was like, I don't like that. Uh, Webcams are in front of us looking at us constantly, and and we're familiar with the human eye. And a webcam and a human eye share a purpose. They see, but in contrast to the webcam, the human eye is expressive. The human eyes can express happiness, anger, boredom, or fatigue. The anthropomorphic features of the eye cam are really strong, and adding flesh and eyebrows makes the device much more expressive. I believe that if every device's working state and functions were explicit, it would be better for end users, and privacy users will be highlighted. Don't expect the eye cam to be mass-produced, though. Uh... It's a speculative design product. It is an open source and open hardware, though, so the option to create your own eerie laptop eyeball is there. Uh, The individual components will cost around $25 to purchase, and once assembled, it'll use six servo motors positioned optimally to reproduce the different eye muscles to keep a watchful vigil over your daily activities. It's watching. It's always watching. It's the NSA watching you, and it's it's just lifelike now. So you just feel like they're absolutely just staring at you. Just think about this. Okay, you have this thing. 
and it's it it's nighttime. Mm-hmm. Then you just see you just hear the motor of this thing moving <laughs> around at night. It's blinking <laughs> at you, look, and it's like watching over, it. And it you. has a it has a red dot just where the pupil is. Right. Right. That's definitely scary. creepy. It's scary, it, it, I don't like it. I don't like I it either. I told you to watch the video. My mom watched literally like five to ten seconds of it and said, uh-uh, cut it off. Cut it off. That's it, like... I think it could be used, useful and practical stuff, but like, I don't... I mean, like robotics and stuff, but like as a webcam, that's just freaky to you. Why would you want it as a webcam? First off, why would you want your webcam to follow you wherever you go? Right. That just sounds awful. Yeah, no, that's it. it it's uh, definitely one of the creepier experiences, you know. Yeah, but since we are finally done with our our topics, we always have w- one last thing where we always uh, go. Ah, yes, the cursed, the cursed mer- merchandise. This and, one's uh, really not not merchandise, so called, but it's a meme that someone made. But it looks like that looked like merchandise. <laughs> you included it's a knockoff these. brand of Shrek. <laughs> it's called Ogre: The Final Frontier, and it has a Shrek-like being flying in a rocket with what I assume is donkey, but his mouth looks like Pac-Man, <laughs> and he he's just like tailing. <laughs> he has big ass face. teeth too, and they're not donkey teeth. teeth. They're yeah. human. It's like it's like. That the set of teeth that you wind up and they chatter, like it's like yeah. that inside of Donkey's mouth, and he's flying behind a rocket ship that has uh, no visible area for uh, oxygen, and no, I don't know how Shrek has... is breathing, or and his steering wheel is attached to his hands, but not attached to the vehicle, and that's very. It has Jimmy Neutron if... physics. Yeah, it has Jimmy Neutron. Breathe in space, and it's um, next to a black hole. You know? Oh yeah, there's a hole that's labeled hole and a planet that's labeled planet literally in the background. <laughs> there, oh, oh, also inside of the uh, DVD case, one ogre go- glove is included. Because you need adult supervision. But you need adult supervision when you use the glove. Yeah, and then uh, it's a, it has a warning label because it wants you to know that Miss Ogre dies in this film. Yeah, it uh, says at- warning, Miss Ogre dies in this film. In the corner, oh, and, and this, the ogre so, is like the ugliest fucking thing I've ever seen. It, it, it it's, it's like, it's, like you know that scene in Scooby Doo, uh, uh, when they go to the island and that girl hits her head, like when she's on the back of Shaggy's four wheeler, yeah. and like uh, she hits her head and her face like isn't actually her face, and she's the like swords. something underneath. That's what she looks like. That's what this ogre yeah. looks like, and it's like dark and it's soulless and it freaks me out a lot. It's and very, it's, it's very disturbing. It's not even the Shrek one that freaks me out. That one doesn't freak me out as much it's the female ogre the mrs ogre i did not like that it would be fiona but this isn't one fiona what would they call it because no one has a name shrek in this film i'm pretty sure donkey is probably called mule instead of donkey <laughs> or uh but like uh this Teeth is made monster. by a guy called true wagner on on instagram and he just makes a bunch of these he has so I showed several you one before. he has several i showed you the yeah i've seen I them before the child one yeah, you showed me the child one, but like the other ones I had I had like seen before. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, so this guy will basically just make random adverts or or, or, or things and stuff. So the first, this one is also uh, I'll put these all in the Discord. This one's a child with a small telescope 
I showed it's just it a says, child. It says at, at the top of the page. It says child with a tall telescope with a small telescope, like in hard black words. And then there's a picture of somebody's actual child with a telescope looking up at somebody's window, and somebody looking down at the child looking up in their window. Took a picture of this kid with a telescope. It says child with a small telescope keeps coming by and staring up into our apartment. And he said, by the time I run down there, he is gone. What has he seen? I have a wife and two kids up here. We don't need this kind of thing. And then it says enhanced image and underneath enhanced image, it's like a low rendered bad animated version of a child <laughs> like with the with the freaking telescope in his hand. It yeah. says AI generated image. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what the fuck? And at the bottom, it says if this is your child and then in bright red letters, big bold ones, it says get control of it underlined get control of it. Yeah, uh, that's a good one. There's there's the horse penis one, which is such. <laughs> it's a it's a um, it's a anatomical graph of a horse, but all of the arrows lead to its penis, and it says horse penis, horse's penis, penis of the horse. Yeah, horse's large, incredible penis. Horse's unbelievable machine. <laughs> five out of five. There's some plus. of these that are just random. Like the the one of my favorites is the marshmallows. <laughs> What it's, the fuck? Yeah, the Marshala uh, Ali fucking br find the bronze marshmallow and win a romance date with Marshala Ali. Or Mahersha. Yeah. Oh my god. I, I will date anyone of appropriate age. I invented these marshmallows. Uh, these are all made by a guy called True Wagner, and you can check him out or, or look up his stuff. Oh yeah, milk pens. It's just a pen with milk in it. Uh, comes with two extra cartridges. It sounds like lunch juice. Warning, cartridges cannot and will not be refilled. <laughs> Alright. Not okay. <laughs> but yeah, like, uh, if you guys want to fall down a hole, you can go ahead and check that guy out. What's his name again? True Wagner. True uh, Wagner it's on pretty Insta. Easy yeah, on Instagram. Or he could be anywhere else. I, I only found him on Instagram, though. Right. Um... Yeah, but uh, we'll have more interesting news next week, though. Definitely, but stick. Um, make sure you guys check us out on Saturday and Sunday this week. We're going to have bonus episodes for you this weekend. Yes, definitely. Definitely. But until next time, great. you guys... Um, stay frosty, stay fresh, stay frisky. Uh, what else? Stay freaky. Yeah. Freaky and, Friday. What?! Uh, Thanks for listening to the Spitting Nonsense Podcast. If you enjoyed anything we talked about and want to support or talk to us, we have included all the links you need at the Spitting Nonsense Podcast on Discord. The link is posted in the description. Thanks again for listening.